0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Fence and dummy half. It's with the
0: halfback Williams.
1: Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from DeGoyce, puts a kick out wide,
0: looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, Hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league.
1: Hello and welcome to the first ever Supercoach Playbook podcast. I'm your host Tim Williams. A few of you, but probably not many, will know me from my time at the Daily Telegraph. I was there for five years as a NRL Supercoach and general NRL expert, at least that's what I like to tell myself. Uh, I finished up there in December after a pretty good stint, uh, but such is my love for the great game of Supercoach, I've decided to put a website together with NRL Supercoach content and later on in the year some Big Bash content uh, to try and help you out and help myself out. I've got a bunch of great contributors on board. One of them contributors is the Supercoach Spy, the man of mystery. Spy, how are you going? Very excited, Tim. Thanks Thanks for having me on board, mate. All good mate. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your history in the game. I know you're a bit of a draft expert, uh,
0: but a bit of a classic expert as well. How's your form? Look, it all started when Supercoach actually began all those years ago before anyone really knew what it was. I jumped on board and immediately fell in love with the game. I already love my footy, love my sport, so to have something extra towards it was bloody fantastic. So played head-to-head for many a year until I decided to give the classic overall version a go four years ago. I was lucky enough to have a decent first season, and then once I got my head around things, I managed to become 140th, I believe it was, and then 430th the year after. That was basically thanks to the great man Jordan Rapana and BJ Leilua linking up. I hopped on early and rode the rewards, so go the mighty Raiders of that era. And then I've had a couple of slow starts in recent years, uh, but still managed to come top 4%, so just those opening few weeks, I'm looking to bounce back and look for that top 100 finish, or who knows, maybe the big prize if I'm lucky enough.
1: Happy days, mate. So uh, I've, I've finished top 1% in the past four of the past five seasons that I've played. So hopefully that's enough for, for you to know that we're not complete jubblers, only a little bit jubblers. So we've got a bit, of a, a bit of decent advice to give, we think, along with the rest of our contributors. Uh, and you're going to do a bit of
0: draft for us as well. Yeah, Tim, I, I've played NBA draft for a few years, and I've got to tell you, it's bloody fantastic. So me and the boys decided to hop on NRL draft three years ago. It's very good fun. I love the fact that you get to own your own player and ride him for the season. Obviously, injuries can hurt a lot more, but that's part of the game. Managed to win two out of three titles against my mates. Unfortunately, and devastatingly, the great man Aaron Woods, in round 25, against the Warriors, away from home, set up two tries in the space of three minutes. So I lost my grand final. Couldn't believe it. Woodsy just caught in <coughs> pain all over the turf. It's what he does. So I'll give you a
1: a quick little rundown of what the Supercoach Playbook uh, aims to do over the next year, content-wise and whatnot. It'll be nice and brief. Then we get to the main stuff, which is the Supercoach content leading into this season. Uh, We're going to start with fullbacks, which is the big conundrum to start the year. So just quickly, the contributors I've got on board, I'll be doing a lot of the content. We've got Canberra's captain, Jared Croker, on board. He'll be a weekly columnist from when the season starts. He'll do a little bit in preseason for us as well. Ken Brady's halfback, Sam Williams, is also on board the Supercoach Playbook. Uh, I will confess, he is my brother, so he'll be good to have on board. Very intelligent mind. Um, his ability is all right as well at times. Not as good at other times, but he'll be all right. We've got last year's champion, Des Creek, the champion of overall Supercoach, so very excited to have him. And we've got the runner-up, who was only about 50-odd points behind Walson Carlos. They're going to be regular contributors, and they're also going to do a podcast for us, so super exciting stuff, uh, along with a couple of other guys. So it'll be what I'm planning on doing is putting a predominantly a free service together at least for the preseason. I'll be spending a lot of time on it and trying to get the best content out that I can. Um, there'll be a few pieces of subscription-only content in the preseason. That'll basically be a few squad analysis pieces, looking at every player in the game and rating them. Uh, and then from when the season starts, we'll look to do a little bit more subscriber content. But basically, for anyone who does want to pay a dime, there'll be a lot of free stuff. Uh, it'll just be the plan is to do $30 for an NRL subscription for the entire season $20 for a big bash at the end of the year $40 for both uh, I plan to have 50 about 50 piece of preseason content again most of that will all just be free to read hopefully you get a feel for it and hopefully you like what you read uh, and then from in the season it will be around about 15 articles a week so hopefully that's plenty a uh, quick shout-out to the guys over at NRL Supercoach Stats who do a great job. Uh, they're giving us all our numbers um, to be able to provide this content, so thank you to them. Um, let's get, get into it. So we're going to start with a fullback puzzle. Um, I think this is a massive part that will define the overall race very early on in the year. There's a lot of dual-position stuff that's happened play, players, such as, I suppose, Val Holmes from the past, Caelan Ponga, who have lost their dual position status. So we're just stacked with fullbacks. We have Tedesco, Czabojewicz, Pappenhausen, who came onto the scene last year, Val Holmes, Latrell Mitchell's now available at fullback. Um, who are you looking at Get Who are your two, two fullbacks for round one? I know it's only early days, a lot will change,
0: but who are you looking at? Yeah, look, well, Tim, obviously, my side could change about 794 times before round one. And probably 450 times after Teamless Tuesday around 1. But at the moment, I do have one I've absolutely locked in since about the middle of last year when I thought he was going to get the fullback role full-time for the Melbourne Storm. It's my main man, Ryan Pappenhausen. The kid is just electric. He never stops running. His support play is fantastic. He even throws in cheeky repeat sets at times for no apparent reason, but they seem to work, so Cam Smith still lets him do it, which is great news if you own him. If I delve into a few stats from last year, they absolutely boggle the mind. So Ryan scored at a points-per-minute rate of 1.37 across the season. Outrageous. (coughs) Absolutely outrageous, which if you extrapolate that out to an 80-minute game, which he, in theory, to start the year will be playing and should play all year, barring something going wrong. That average is 109.6 across last season. Something going wrong, such as origin (coughs) selection. I'd be happy for the kid. I'd be happy for the kid. You know what? I'll cop it. 109. If he he averages 109 for me up to origin, I'll be happy there, Pap. Um, And just one more on that. He had six starts at fullback because he did play a lot of footy in the middle last year off the bench, which can throw things out a little bit because he made a lot of tackles. And he's six starts at fullback. He averaged 95. Weapon. So Ryan's my first man in this year. And very boldly, I've already got him penciled in as skipper at Brookvale round one Sunday, Arvo. Wow. I might not have the, uh, the balls to do that come round one. But you know what? My gut says he's (laughs) going to go off. So at this stage, he's in. Might turn that to Payne Haas as we get closer or someone of that like, but we'll see what happens. And my number two is very interesting. Obviously, we've got the, the king himself, James Teddy Tedesco. Everyone should know how good this bloke is. He he averaged in the 80s last year. He had 10 scores above 84. He only scored under 50 twice. He plays for the Roosters. He's getting better by the year. He's getting healthier. Touch wood. I don't want to jinx you. Sorry, Teddy. And at the end of the day, if you lock him into the side, you could nearly skip him every week. And he's just outstanding. But the only other two in the discussion for me at this stage, obviously there's Tom Trevojevic. He's had three-year averages of the last three years of 74, 77, and 76. And everyone knows how good Tommy is. My only fear is that hamstring last year. He's a young kid, growing body, and I just don't want to lock someone in when he got got the likes of Teddy and Pappenhausen and have him go down in round two again. That would be an absolute dagger. But if you want to have taken pun on him, I absolutely would not object. Uh, if we have a look at his points per minute, taking out the injuries, over 80 minutes last year, he averaged 85.6. So that's that's Teddy-type stuff at a cheaper rate. So there's absolutely no issue there.
1: Yeah, yeah look, you, you, you've nailed it on the head. I, I'm Teddy as well, uh, for sure. I just I can't not have him in, in our side. He, <clears throat> he's 780K, so you're paying for, what, an 84 average. He's not going to miss you, but it's worth paying... His ability to turn up so easily, and the big thing is he's in such a star side. You know, they might come down a little bit from their past couple of years, but I've got Teddy locked in. I've got the Pat locked in as well, um, and, and I'm literally the same with Tommy T. Average 77 last year with that. Had a, His last game of the year when he did his uh, peck, I think it might have
0: been. Yep. Had a nine-minute game against the Storm at <coughs> Brookie as well, wasn't it? So and that's what – uh, sorry to cut you off, Timo, but that's what worries me a little bit about Tommy as well. He did his hemi, then came back and did a peck. Mm. And just that worries me a little bit.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, And then another really interesting one is Kalen Pong. I know you're semi-keen on him.
0: I've just circled him on my little sheet here. I absolutely love Kalen. I know some people get a little bit annoyed at the hype, but for me, the kid is an out-and-out superstar. We saw what he did in Origin to the Blues. He almost cost us the series. He's outstanding. By his own confession, he had a bit of a down year last year, and... Even though he still averaged around 70, he's just an absolute gun ponger. If we take a look at a few of his stats, you've also got to keep in mind that he lost the kicking duties for the last six or seven weeks because their 5'8 was absolutely nailing them from all parts.
1: Mason Lena, who's a chance at getting
0: the run over Phoenix Crossland, but it looks like it'll be Crossland according to the, the pre season chat. So we'll keep an eye on that. If Crossland does play, you would really have to assume Ponga goal kicks because he's got an outstanding record, but Mason Leno was just on fire at the time, so it made sense to let him do the kicking. He's 150K cheaper than Teddy. I think he's up for a bounce-back year, if you can call it that. I just think he's going to get even better. He's very fun. He's going to be a pod, you'd suspect. Having a look at the draw, I'm not huge (coughs) into early season draws because all teams come out fired up. Defensive lines are tough to crack. But he's got an Arvo game at home, then an Arvo game at Leichhardt, and then a six o'clock game back at home in Newcastle. So if you want to have a crack at Ponga, he's an absolute gun. If he can get back the kicking duties, he should average 70-plus, if not more.
1: Yep, like it. And then I think guys like – I'm really excited about Ponga as well, but we'll see how the preseason pans out. Uh, And then – I think you've got... There's a few people, a surprising amount of people are keen on Val Holmes and I don't know why. He's been priced at 560k, which <coughs> it could end up being a steal, but A, we don't know if he's going to kick goals at the Cowboys, if it would be him or Masters or maybe Jack Clifford if he gets a run in the halves. Um, a line through him for me, RTS, um, Charles Nickel Clockstad. it kills me because I love the bloke, hmm. but line through him uh, and poor old King Gutho. I can't see being super coach relevant this year <coughs> now that he's, he's lost his dual centre wing fullback status, so... He's a line through, potentially through the origin period, maybe. But, yeah, poor old Gutho. Uh, we'll take a look at a few more th- things. Uh, again, it's, it's very much preliminary teams. We're all in the same boat. We, we don't know where to look. But let's take a look at our first two picked this season. We're not going to delve into the cheapies at this stage. Uh, we'll get a little bit more information on them first as it comes to hand throughout the preseason. Then we'll do a cheapie special podcast at some stage. First guy picked for me, and I think he will be for a lot of teams, although a lot of people have been deterred and were deterred this time last year. Damian Cook, Uh, 700k, past two seasons averages of 76 and 78, busted five tons last year. Um, I just, I think it's just a set and forget for me. You know, he'll play Origin, he'll miss a game or two over that period, but get him in your team. Along with Smith, he's just he's got that ability to ton up so easily, which no other hooker in the game has. Uh, Smithy has a lead into the comp of. Starts the season as Manly at Manly, then Cronulla at Cronulla, which is just savage. Cameron McGuinness, dual second row hooker this year, which is really interesting and could come into a lot of sides at second row. Uh, but I'm locking in Cookie, and I'm also, I'm, I'll am i probably partner him with a cheapie in Blake Braley, who's about 200k, looks to have the starting role at the Sharks. Bit of a upside to him as well. So looking at that so far, wouldn't be against people going Cook and Smith, because I know Smith's... You know, a few people are deterred from him. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure he topped the points going last year, as you do. He's like Federer,
0: mate. He just keeps on getting better and doing his thing. So he's the first of my two. Uh, Who's first on your list? Like, first on my list, this was a tough one because I must say, Cookie is outstanding, and if he's your first pick, you're doing nothing wrong, but I've got Payne Haas as mine. The only risk I can see at this stage is if he plays less minutes, but given the mode of the kid has, how good he is, and the fact that the Broncos really need to get back to winning finals footy, they'll need all they can get out of Haas, and I'm just going to lock him in from the start, and as I mentioned before, maybe skipper him for the first few weeks.
1: Yeah, very nice. Second, I think he'll be a pretty popular one. And that's why, that's why he's <laughs> on our first pick list. Uh, the one for me, and it's so exciting, and I hope for some stupid reason people are deterred from him, but David Fafita at 502k. That's priced on an average of 54. He spent a bit of time on the bench last year in his uh, early period of his NRL career. Um, by the end of the year, he was playing 80 minutes. He averaged 73 points across his nine 80-minute games. In his last three rounds, he had 36 tackle bars, which <laughs> is just unheard of. He had 31 in his second and third last games. Um, so, look, assuming he plays 80 minutes there, which I think he will, Alex going will be on the other edge by the looks of it. Depends what they do with David Pangai. Um, so I think the minutes will be there, and there's a guaranteed price increase. He's probably going to be a keeper.
0: Um, just lock him into your sides. Yeah, I think you probably have to have to take him because it's one of those things. If you go against him and he busts another ten tackles a game, scores tries, he could average a hundred early, and then he straight away slip back in the rankings, yep. which you can't afford to do. So absolutely can't can't argue with that at all. Who mate. Who else do you have? <clears throat> well, we've already spoken about Pap, so for me he's straight in. But to make it a little bit more interesting, I'll say Nathan Cleary. The kid's a very good footballer, but more importantly for our purposes, he's an outstanding supercoach player. He runs a lot. When he does run, he offloads. He occasionally tackle busts. He obviously kicks goals and never misses them, which is a huge bonus. But the big one for me this year is no James Maloney. Jimmy Maloney is an absolute legend of the game, but he hurt Cleary at times by taking a lot of the duties. For me, a lot of the last tackle options fell with Maloney, especially last year. And even though Cleary still ended up averaging just under 70 and had a great year, I think his ceiling is even higher. Um, He's very, very good. What do you think? I'm with you, and I'll be
1: starting with Cleary at this stage. Does it worry you that Penrith look like a side who are regressing a little bit? I know they didn't set the world (laughs) alight last year, so there is plenty of improvement in them. Can you see Penrith coming out of the block slow? Um, Cleary maybe faltering because of this a
0: little bit. My gut feel says they're going to come out and be maybe middle of the road. I don't think they're going to be poor. They may not be outstanding, but I think they've got enough points in them with a bit of young blood out there at the foot of the mountains to get enough points done, and it'll all revolve around Cleary. One of the biggest things I noticed last year was when Maloney played, he just didn't take the fifth tackle options. I had a quick look at some games he's played without Maloney in the last two years. If we have a look at this, in 2018, he only had six repeat sets for the whole season, and the kid can yeah. the kid can kick a short ball. He's That's one of his classiest things, right? The two games without James Maloney, he had four. So that's two a game, which averages out to about 50, which is a lot. Obviously, he may not do that every game, but honestly, I think he won't be that far off at least one per game. And the two games without him last year, he got 63 and 139, so... The pedigree's there and I just think he's outstanding. The only thing that slightly worries me, and I did say the draw doesn't concern me too much early, but he's got a hell of a tough run early, including the Roosters and Melbourne in the first three weeks. For me, yeah. I hope that scares people off yeah. and he becomes a little bit of a semi-pod. And I think I'll just lock him in, hope he can even average 55-60 over those first three weeks and then explode after that.
1: He put on that, I think it was the record Supercoach score, 190-odd in the last round last season against the Knights. He scored four tries and just went ham on them. That cost him about seventy or eighty grand on his overall price. It bumped his average <laughs> up by about seven or eight point, and it was just like fantastic as the time of the owner, but boy, it bumped his starting price up this week. And he, usual, so. I'm
0: pretty sure that was the last Super Coach game of last year. So God help anyone that played against him that game, and. It cost you the title. Let us know yeah. if it did, because that would be an absolute heartbreaker. Nice. Or alternatively, did he win anyone the title with that absolute blitz of the Knights from memory? I remember having a beer, watching him, just going, here's the Cleary I love. Obviously, he's not going to get 180-odd every week, but that's the kind of pedigree he's got in him.
1: Yeah, nice. Um, any snubs that you, you've really probably... It's, again, it's hard to refer to players as pods a little bit um, and popular players when we don't know ownership before the game's really even probably, properly launched... Um, anyone who you're not looking at going for that could be a little bit controversial.
0: To be honest, as you said, it's very hard to tell this early, but it'll be one of the fullbacks. We just spoke about it before. There's a potential that I don't start with either of Tommy or Teddy at fullback, which makes me shake a little bit thinking about it. That's absolutely ludicrous. And I'll probably end up with one of them, but one of them's definitely going to miss out for me. So that's my biggest snub at this stage, mate.
1: Yeah, nice. The, uh, the only one for me, or not the only one, I've got a few, but the one I'll speak about and, Oh, I didn't think it would have been controversial but you see a lot of people putting their teams out on social media particularly on Twitter um, this time of year um, <coughs> Latrell Mitchell and a, a lot of people have Latrell in their sides a lot of people have just put a line through him straight away to start the year and I'm one of them people but people are thinking oh this this move to full bucket will rejuvenate him he'll have a point to prove think about how often he'll get his hands on the ball I don't disagree with all those things but I think there are just so many things going against him for starters a lot of people will opt to go a sort of you know the guns and cheapies sort of type format to start your year and a lot of your cheapies fall in that centre wing area because they're guys who can jag easy tries as opposed to the bench forward cheapie who will get 20 minutes and could get 10 points sort of thing so you're spending a lot of money on a centre wing who's at a new <coughs> club in a new position um, get this so he scored 356 points in goals last season Without those goals to his tally, which it looks like will happen this year with Adam Reynolds there as the main goal kicker, he averaged 54 points. Wow. So then he's come back. He's had a very much uh, disrupted preseason. He went back home for a while while he was sorting his contract out, been traveling all over the shop. I just—I think he's probably put on a couple of extra kilos. Hopefully he's been doing a bit of extra fitness. <coughs> I He's been fighting fires up there. What a legend. Um, but I just, it's a very difficult position to play fullback for a bloke who's been playing centre, probably the easiest position on the field, fitness wise. Uh, and I just, I think it's a massive risk. So I'll be going to <coughs> a near Luttrell. Good luck to you if you want to. I think come around seven or eight, when he's dropped in price, he's getting his fitness up. I think he'll be a steal, but wait
0: for his price to drop. Yeah, I have to agree there. I um, Just having to think about it, the best case scenario is probably not to pick him round one. Have a good look at that first game at how he's looking, not just points wise, but how he's playing, how he's fitting into the team. Obviously, whether he goal kicks, I'm sure come round one analysis after the first round, sorry. Um, and Tim will have a good look at that and let you know how he went, especially from a football point of view. But I agree, it's very risky. It could be a hell of a punt though if you get on and he happens to nab the goal kicking duty. So I don't want to scare anyone off if they want to have a go. But I think it's very much a watch those first couple of rounds. If he's killing it, you can always bring him in. But I'd probably avoid too.
1: Even without the goal kicking,
0: with his, I'm always talking myself into it. But
1: even without <coughs> goal kicking, you know, imagine if he, he had about six runs a game with the with the Roosters and he. would He'd score six tries and already set okay. up another. But whatever. Gee, I want to bring him in though. Cause yeah, I know <laughs> if so the upsides imma- Imagine if he's having twenty runs a game at fullback, popping up, <laughs> backing up, um, line breaks, all that sort of thing. So he'll be yeah, he could be anything, but yeah, let's just wait and see. Yeah.
0: He's uh just quickly, his tackle busting and offloads per run. If that's a stat, is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So if he if he starts doing that, it could be scary. But I agree, take a look or take a punt if you're that way inclined.
1: Yeah. Um, I- Quick look at a few pods uh, to start the year. The one that really caught my eye in the the halves are I'm a little bit indecisive this year. There's, there's guys like Mitchie Moses who's been, been a bit of a roller coaster in the past. He established himself last year, uh, but I'm not too sure if he can match it again. Uh, Sean Johnson, I love, I really want him, but just that injury history, it's just building up and making him harder to pick. He's aging a little bit. We spoke about Cleary. I quite like Luke Cleary at five eight with Cooper Cronk gone. Unfortunately, it's a really small sample size without Cooper Cronk in the side. They did play most games together or whenever Cronk didn't miss many. There was three games last year Cronk didn't play with Kieran, and he went 105, 34, 53. Again, hard to get a gauge on, but he's 570K. We've seen how good he is in that side. Uh, He still averaged 61 last year and there was an an injury-affected game where he played nine minutes. So you can bump that up a couple as well looking at that. Um, he only scored under 53 times in non-injury-affected games last year. Three tons, five scores over 90. I know that's a lot of
0: numbers, but boy, I I think he looks pretty tempting to me. A lot of potential, Luke. He's very fun to watch. I love him as a footballer. He's direct, he's tough, and he, he's a huge asset to the Roosters. One of my concerns there is he gets knocked out a lot. <laughs> he, um, he's a small little body. He takes the line on. That's why I love him. But he gets knocked out a lot, and there is a little bit of potential that he could miss multiple weeks if he gets hit again. So I like your line of thinking, though. You've just... As with a lot of players in this game, there's that little injury risk factor, but end of the day, you've got to take the guys you think are going to do the best job because they may not get hurt.
1: Yeah, so and the other... I, I, I am tempted, but the uh, the other issue is I'll, I'm thinking I'll probably start the year at five eight with Crossland, finish Crossland at the night, provided he is uh, picked <laughs> around one, and then George Williams, the the Raiders recruit, who's, funnily enough, kicked Sam Williams out of the side. So... A little fun fact on George Williams. I crunched his numbers from the Super League last year. He was shortlisted for the Man of Steel the, the last five. Comes here with big raps. Not the first bloke to do it and Falter, mind you. Uh, look at Zach Hardacre, uh, Sam Tompkins, a couple of others. But crunching those numbers, he averaged 75 points a game. I'm not oblivious to the fact that it's a, it's a weaker standard over there. It's a more open, attacking style of football However, I mean, I won't delve into it too much. The article's on the website. It's free to read, but I think he's only about 330K based on an average of about
0: 35. So I'll be looking at them too. Yeah, Georgie Williams, um, very interesting to see how he goes in, in the comp this year. He did some good stuff for Wiggin, as you said, in a slightly weaker comp. He ran the ball and killed it. But at that price, I think the handicappers might have let one slip yeah. through to the keeper there. So, Very super coach-friendly game <coughs> well. Runs,
1: tackle bars, Um, scores tries, sets them up so look, even if he can uh, bump his average up from that 35 predicted, um, there's money to be made. Next on my list Zach Lomax, who I think is a really good buy and to be fair, we're talking about pods, I think he'll probably fairly popular but he is a little awkwardly (coughs) priced at 324k, Uh, that's based on again a 35 average the big thing is the that's also on 55 minute average game time last year Obviously the move to fullback. So I think he might have only played one game at fullback last year, but look, Gareth Whitop's gone. Gy <clears throat> field who got a few games there and kicked goals for the Dragons last year, he I don't even know if he's still at the club, but he won't be there round one, at least not starting. So loan actually kicking goals. Um, even if you could bump that thirty five average up to forty five, which I think is potentially conservative if the Dragons had a stinker of a year, <coughs> that's a hundred K rise which you take any day of the week. And the big thing is he's available at centre wing, which we've spoken about, but it's going to be a lot harder this year to find keepers
0: in centre wing, so... 324k. I like Zach Lomax. What do you thoughts? I think you just talked me into him, mate. Yeah. Lomax, straight <laughs> yeah. in. Um, providing, yeah, providing he's starting. Obviously, the fact he is available at Santa Wing is enormous because that's bloody tough always to start the year. Um, I like him. I really like him as a kid too. I hope he does well this year. Yeah. Um, any other pods for you or how are you looking? All good? <clears throat> I'm pretty conservative early. I tend to do that to start. By tomorrow night, I'll probably have another look when I... I have a plane trip tomorrow up to Queensland. I'll probably put in 4 or 5 of them to see how it looks. But at this stage we spoke about Kalen Ponger as a potential POD. The other one I don't mind, and I haven't looked a lot into this, but Braden Burns was outstanding for South mm-hmm. last year. He kept getting hurt, which was a shame. I think I brought him in round three, and he did his hemi about seven minutes in, so that was a hot start to my season. But I haven't lost faith yet because he's pretty exciting. He has enormous base stats for a centre. So depending how the bunnies' lineup goes and how it's all looking, I may take a little punt on him, just depending on the structure of my side come round one.
1: Yeah, the big thing for Burns for me is just playing on that lethal, left Rabbitohs edge. And, uh, it went downhill a little bit towards the end of the year, but playing outside Cody Walker, who can start a, start a season fast, and he's a great pot
0: also. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, Burns is a good shout. He goes
0: to the line, Cody, all the way in real deep, and he just picks up space for his fullback and centres, and they do the rest, which is brilliant for Supercoach purposes. God
1: bless him. Uh, that's all for our first ever edition of the Supercoach Playbook podcast. Jump on the website. We've got a heap of content on there from, from, from some really good riders. Uh, It's www.scplaybook.com.au. Check it out. Give us your feedback. We've got social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at scplaybook. We'd love to hear your thoughts, what we need to improve on. I'm sure there's plenty. So give us a shout. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.